0: Welcome to Pierce the Podcast, I'm Mike. And this is Orlando
1: and we're on episode 245 and it's time for a themed episode finally. Yeah. So the reason we haven't been doing themed episodes, we've been really busy, right? There's a lot going on and we'll have another update episode. Uh, but we wanted to talk about the summer,
0: right? Think, things things change in the summer, but as Orlando Like, like said, the seasons or what? Yeah, the, the leaves are are- uh, what happens? I mean, I live in a state that doesn't really have seasons, So I don't know. I guess, I guess things change, but whatever. Um, it gets hotter. But people often talk about summer slowdown and things getting bad. But like Orlando just said, we've been crazy busy. Part of it's personal life stuff. But part of it is just reselling is still really busy. And we're moving into a time where things change a little bit. And you kind of have to change your perspective and mindset. Uh, but we didn't want to just do like another, oh, it's just summer slowdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like how to beat summer slowdown. Now, we are titling
1: this Maximizing Profits in the Summer. That's right. So, because it is still possible to have a very profitable summer, but kind of wanted to talk about everything that is kind of reselling encompassed or encompassed and reselling uh, during the summer. Now, this is going to be, it's crazy. We're entering the fourth year of Purice Podcast. Isn't that wild? That to me is wild. And it's also my fourth year entering into being a full-time reseller, which is wild to me because honestly, I remember my first year going, I'm going to end up homeless. Like I'm not going to make enough money. And sure enough, it worked out. So before we start, yes, full-time reselling can actually be done. It just takes a lot of hustle and a lot of work and it takes time but, what I wanted to talk about was summer because i I feel that there there's a lot talked about summer, right? Like Mike had said, there's there's summer slowdown. Then there's, you know, others that are like, "Hey, just go on vacation. There's no point. Retail is done. Uh, And then there's, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing. I think there's a good mix that could be done during the summer. So I just wanted to share our experiences as to what we do during the summer during reselling, because I think it'll bring value. It'll be helpful. And, you know, not every part will relate to you, but maybe a lot of it will. So let's take a look real quick. But before we get started, I did want to say thank you to everyone that showed up for our Zoom. Buymeacoffee.com slash Pure Hustle. Uh, it was a small, I would say, it was an intimate session. No, it was great, yeah. but it was great. Yeah. Like it was so much value, I, and we learned more from you guys that showed up than we learned w- from what we shared.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So it's it was an awesome opportunity. I don't know, if we're gonna call that our uh, our coffee sessions. Uh, is that but, what I just called it on accident? No, but I'm okay. just I'm just saying, right. like, you know, it's, since it's buy me a coffee, this is our, you know, uh, it's coffee time. Coffee sesh. Um, so yeah, it was great. And um, we're we're hoping to have more of these. And so if you're a pure hustle podcast, buy me a coffee supporter, um, you know, check when we mention that we're gonna be doing another one, check your uh, buy messages. me a coffee. Yeah, so I think the messages go through there. There may be a way we can send an email out, but I think it it, it defaults to just sending it to your account through buy me a coffee. So we'll be sending more invites and more Zoom links. We'll talk about them ahead of time when they come up. Uh, but it was a great opportunity to just, you know, chat with some of our our supporters. So again, thank you so much for those of you who uh, go to buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. And you support us financially because uh, it's it's what's able to keep this going. Like Literally, the, it keeps it keeps the lights running. and keeps things happening in the studio. Literally, it does. So, and by the way, it's, it's that membership that gets you into being able to
1: do zoom calls and I, we're calling them virtual meetups uh, and we're hoping to bring more stuff to the table as you know, our, our support grows. So thank you so much. And we're grateful for everyone. We're grateful from the the people that just write us great reviews on iTunes to, you know, you buy us a couple of coffees because you're like, Hey, that was a great episode. Or you sign up for that membership. Just grateful for each and every single one of you. So thank you audience. Yeah. All right, so before we get started, I wanted to talk about summer expectations in reselling. Yeah. What, what do you think I'm referring to here?
0: Well, I mean, there. Even when I very first started, when I first started reselling, it was the summer, and so um, I didn't really experience the quote unquote summer slowdown because I was mm. just building my store, and so I had nothing to compare it to. And because I was new, I feel like the algorithm kind of rewards you know new accounts. In I innocence. think it does. Yeah, it, you know, it wants to hook new people. So I didn't really experience the, the summer slowdown, but people talk about it a lot and it's something that gets talked about in a in a way that I think causes a lot of fear and anxiety. And I think it's important to understand that summer slowdown, what people are saying when they're saying that is in general across you know every market that's a retail space market, the total number of sales is less than other times of the year. It's one of the lower times of the year. And part of that, even even with uh, reselling on eBay, I think we've got to expect that. We talked in our last episode about uh, eBay reopen, right? Where it's all the different things that are in hot demand right now. But some of the things we talked about in the hot demand are things like, hey, selling beachwear, selling you know things for people going back to work. But a lot of people haven't traveled in over a year. And a lot of people haven't done, they haven't been doing the beaches. They haven't been doing all these I things. I just saw
1: a news article about that. You know how I talked about myself with airlines mm-hmm. points. There was one that said that airlines are now having a major problem because people got so many points during, you know, what just happened over the last year. And so now they're not going to make any money off of mm-hmm. that. Right. And so now they're actually dropping the value of those points. Right. But again, there's going to be an explosion of traveling.
0: Yeah, but one of the bummers of so that they're, they're, what you have to do is you got oh, to okay, okay. move to the expectation of, okay, you can change the things you're buying and selling. However, when people are out at the beach, when people are going to parties, when people are going to barbecues, they're not stuck in their house like a typical winter time where they're not going out and they're just scrolling through their phone buying stuff or during quarantine where people are stuck in their house. As people begin to go out into the world, uh, there's going to be less time spent buying things. So I think there's going to be not only a dip, but just kind of a dip in in what we've been experiencing in COVID sales recently and over the last year. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that there's not profit to be made in the summer. And that's really what we want to focus on is because that expectation can be, the summer is just a waste. I'm just not going to try. And you can't have that mindset. So yeah. So let's go with that a little bit. And in the, in the fact that as we talked about, if you want to
1: check out our last update episode, we talked about how eBay put out this list of items that people are now looking for in the summer, uh, as a result of being able to travel. So they talked about, you know, people are looking for formal wear, right? Cause there's a lot of weddings or there's events happening. They're looking for sandals. They're looking for luggage. They're looking for beach attire. Uh, in there, there's a full genre of stuff that they're looking for. And so, even though you may hear it across the board. Right. And and I don't know. I don't know why this happens because, again, I am counter to all this and I, I disagree with summer slowdown. I do think things slow down. I think that does happen. But I also believe it's very much based on what you're selling. Right. So if you're trying to sell, you know, certain items in the summer that would sell better during Q4, they probably aren't going to sell as well. Right. Now, you also have to remember, like, for example, Sorel boots, right? Sorrel are a pair of snow boots. There's a bolo for you. Uh, that's so well, And they still sell so well for me in the summer. Why? Because there's places like Australia and other parts of the world that are experiencing winter while we're experiencing summer. So it all depends on what you have. And so the, the key thing is taking a look at trends, taking a look at, you know, what's coming up. Because here's the thing. A lot of stores, right? They sell things before the season starts right? And by the time the season begins, let's say summer season, a lot of the summer items that people are looking for are no longer available, right? Because they're already thinking about fall. And so the place they they go to is online, right? And so they look at online providers like eBay and Amazon and other platforms, and, and they start looking for stuff. So the key thing is understanding that yes there's still buyers out there it's just making sure that you have the right items listed at that moment in time and it, it maybe you know it doesn't hurt to maybe raise a price on a few of those items uh because you know not not just because of inflation but because there's there may be greater demand now you gotta you gotta play that out right because you also don't want to price yourself out, out of the market so you got to play it, play it well
0: yeah and kind of along those lines and this I've used this example in a previous episode so I'll use it again. Uh, And this goes for a lot of different niches. And so I I don't want to list them all and maybe ruin somebody's strategy. But a a common one that I saw, I grew up in the desert. And so, uh, you know, all the people growing around us, we all were were desert rats. And in the the wintertime, everybody rode dirt bikes. You're out riding dirt bikes all the time. That's what we did during the winter. But during the summer, it's way too hot to ride dirt bikes. So all the desert rats became river rats right like everybody just went over to the 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 river they took boats out they went jet skiing they went and so you would see that during the summertime if you wanted to buy you know used motorcycle stuff everybody was selling in the summer because nobody's doing motorcycle stuff that was the time to get a deal but if you were a reseller you either were trying not to sell your Mm -hmm. stuff that time or you were going to um, be selling it for dirt cheap because people just aren't buying it then and those same people they they Think about the way people switch, right? Like, so that's a good example. You got the the desert rat, river rat, right? Like the, the same people are doing both things different times of the year. And so you've got to look at during the summertime might be a time where you have to say, hey, maybe the niche that I'm in, it drops. But what are the people, if that niche drops during that time, all those people probably have a couple of other things that they do at the same time, right? Is it the beach? Is it something else? Is it certain clothing they wear? So what is the season and how can you jump in? So if you know your audience well, or if you know your your clientele well, who's buying what, you can switch what you're sourcing in order to still meet the demands of those individuals who are already frequenting your store.
1: Now, along those lines, I will say something controversial. <laughs> and I, I do believe that the summer slowdown is a myth completely. And I think it's more of a myth now than it was a year ago. And this is why buyer habits have changed, right? We've seen the data that as a result of what took place for the last year, that more people have gone online than ever before. And now people see the convenience of not having to go to a storefront, not having to go brick and mortar. Now, some people still like the experience, but I think a lot more people have become more efficient with their time during this last year. And I think they're more willing to buy online. So I, I think, and this is just me, and I can, you know, in three months, you can say, Orlando, you were dead wrong. And I'm fine with that. But I do believe that we're going to see continuous. So I've even seen in this last two weeks of June, I have not listed.
0: And I've had more sales in the last two weeks of June than I've had all year. Yeah. But that still doesn't mean like... It, you, I feel like you got to be careful when you say that. Because again, that's you, you might be experiencing sales right now, but you can't deny... You can't deny the the statistics. The data are very clear that people spend less money in the summer than they do in the winter. True. But there's new data from this last year that people
1: are buying differently.
0: But you, last year was a, a unique situation, right? Buying differently doesn't mean that they still spent more money Q4 2020 than they did the summer of 2020.
1: Yeah, true, true. I don't think we're going to have Q4 numbers in the summer, but I do think that individuals have now gotten accustomed to you know buying on ebay buying on amazon buying online i mean i even think about the basics of i never walk into a, a target anymore the reason i don't is because they have that drive-up service like why would i go into the store if i can just go online and tell them what i want and they will go up to my
0: car and hand deliver it to me there's no purpose in me walking into a store yeah i mean but i don't think that that argument i think that's a good Buying habits have changed, but I I still don't think that that means that people are going to be spending as much now. Because, like, Q4, obviously, people are buying for holidays and, you know, whatever. Then, the start of the year, Q1, you've got people who are getting tax returns. You have all of that happening. And then you get into the summer, and it's like one thing that I've learned is people in general, it's not, of course, everyone, but if you live in a place where it gets really hot, people eat less in the summertime. Because when you're really hot, people tend to drink more water and they're not as hungry. It just mm. people, people don't eat as much during the summertime. And of course, there's also people trying to like get into summer shape and stuff, but physically you're less hungry. Your brain sends less hunger. There's something that changes in the summertime. And I think it's the same thing with buying habits. People, if you're going to, if you're, if you're on vacation, you're buying things maybe on vacation, but while you're on vacation, if you're on a cruise, you're doing this stuff, the things people do during the summertime, they're not spending money in the same the same velocity as they do other times during the year. So I think their, their buying habits might change, which might have moved people over. But then again, if, if, if buying habits have changed across the board and more people are buying online, then our all of our other times, seasons of the year, all of the other quarters of the year are gonna still be higher than the summer is gonna be. And of course it's gonna be, to, you know, you're niche dependent. If all you sell is sandals and sun hats and sundresses, then of course summer slowdown is not gonna be a thing for you because that's when you're selling items. But in general, I think summer slowdown is not a myth. I think you just have to recognize that it's going to be lower. But then what do you do about that? How do you go about attacking the summer so that you still maximize your profit throughout the year? And so let us know
1: in the comments. What do you think? Do you think Orlando is crazy? Do you think that Mike is right? Do you think Orlando is too dependent on this last year and that actually things will go back to normal and things will slow down and people will be willing to go back to brick and mortar stores? Interested in your thoughts? I just I honestly do believe we're not I don't think we're going to have as great a summer as we did in 2020 because that was an anomaly, but I do think it'll be a far better summer than if you remove 2020 than we've had from 2000 to 2019
0: online. Yeah, but again I I feel like the the false dichotomy is we might have a better summer, which again is a good thing, we want to capitalize on that, but if if throughout the year more people are buying online, most of that money is going to go to other times of the year than the summer. So Comparatively, the summer is still going to be purchasing-wise a little slower. I think, yeah, slower than the rest of the year, but it's not going to be slow. Yeah, that's my argument. Like, I I
1: don't believe that it's going to be a time of slowdown. Now, we will talk about stuff if things do slow down and what to do. Now, the other thing you got to be fully aware of, and I have to be aware of myself, is that when things slow down, it's sometimes it's my fault. Right? I'm traveling. I'm on vacation. I haven't been listing. You know, and so you may go like, I haven't had a lot of sales, but it's always good to take an inventory of like, what, what did you do the last two weeks? Like, were you sourcing? Were you listing? Were you taking offers? Were you shipping on time? Right. Sometimes things slow down because we slow down. Like we decided to take a road trip or, or you know, fly to another state or travel the world whatever you decide to do. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think do, do you think sometimes we miss that? Like we forget that like things aren't happening because we're just not putting in the work.
0: I'm sure that's that's certainly part of it. Um, part of it's routines, right? If you've got kids at home and maybe they go to a public school and while they're at school, maybe you get home or you know they leave before you do. Who knows? Whatever the situation is, you're in a routine. And mm. so the times you <laughs> list, <laughs> the times you source, the times you're taking pictures uh, could change all of a sudden in summer, they're there. And so now your routines get messed up. And the other thing is a lot of times my wife and I recognize like, Hey, this is a slow time. Like things aren't going to be as hot and popping right now. And so this is the time that we are going to change because yeah, we could put in 50% more effort and be making the same amount, or we could do the same amount of effort and be making less, or we could take it a little bit easy, make a little bit less even, but just knowing that it would take a lot more effort to make the same amount of income Mm -hmm. over the summer. So we might as well take this time to focus on other aspects of our business or businesses that we run um, and maybe say, Hey, this is the time. Maybe we work really hard the rest of the year so that we can slow down a little bit during summer slowdown. Uh, but yeah, definitely your habits are going to play a role in that too. I mean, if you're, if you, even if you're, you're st- your, inventory is in your house, right? You might be in a state in California, for instance, Uh, You kind of have to decide whether you want to eat groceries, like get groceries that month or run your air conditioning. Sometimes it gets, it's, it's, Mm. it's, you know, AC is expensive. So when you're hot and you don't want to be listing and packing and all those things, you definitely might slow down just because you're, it's just not comfortable and convenient to do those things. Or if you're going outside or you're going to sheds and you're going to storage units, it might be a lot easier in the winter than it is in the summer. So our habits definitely change, which plays a role in that. Uh, But it kind of is maybe a good thing if you are going to slow down that you slow down when everybody else does. You you probably don't want to slow down Q4. True, true.
1: True, true. So I just throw that out there because I've noticed myself that there's times where I'm like, wow, like things have really really slowed down. But I start taking inventory. You mentioned school, right? When when my kids are in school, I have a lot more time. But now that they're home, right, that takes up more of my time. So maybe I'm not sourcing as much. Maybe I'm not listing as much and so on. So just, you know, it's a good time to be, you know, spend some self-reflection and go, okay, why are so slow? Is it just because things are slow or is it because I've slowed down myself? (laughs) All right. Hey, uh, before we get moving on to our next section, I want to talk about, which is during the lull. like what do you do when things slow down? I want to talk about American bubble boy because they have not slowed down. Their shipping, their shipping is still amazing. Uh, you know, I see it all the time on on Instagram. People are posting and tagging us. Hey, tag us when you buy from American bubble boy, because you know, you heard it on previous podcast or on Instagram, just so we know that, hey, we were able to, uh, you know, just affect the sale that is going to help you out, helps us out and helps American Boba Boy out. Uh, But they're shipping next day shipping, two day shipping, uh, local pickup. I mean, it is quick and efficient. And so if you haven't had a chance yet, check out American Boba Boy. Link is below in our description. Thank you to all of you that are purchasing through them. Uh, The owner, Joel, I was just talking to him a few days ago and he was talking about how, how awesome Purist Podcast listeners are because you guys make an effort to tag us, to let them know it's because of us. And I just, I really, really want to say thank you and appreciate all of you. So again, AmericanBubbleBoy.com and don't miss out on that awesome packing material
0: uh, from their website. Yeah, link in the description. Yes. All right, let's talk about during the lull. Yeah, this is where this is where the mind sh- mindset shift comes. You got to kind of change your paradigm. We talked already, like if you're going to slow down, maybe the summer is the time to slow down. But I think the better way of, of doing this is, and we kind of talked about this a little bit during our coffee session, is you kind of have to look at your business the way a business would look at a business, mm. right? A, a company like Target, and of course, we're not a multi-billion dollar industry or we're an industry that big, but as a seller, we're not. Um, so how do we how do we run our business in a similar way that any brick and mortar or any big business would run? Well, they typically do yearly budgets, right? They they have an understanding of here's what we anticipate to make, you know, in the year. And then they do quarterly reports. However, it's the year thing they're trying to make, right? Like this hmm. year, how much money did, did Google make in 2019? How much money did Target make in 2020? These are the numbers they're looking at. They're looking at big years. And then as they look at data, they might break it down into months. But when you recognize that you're going to have some months where the sales are really high, But maybe during those months, sourcing, getting inventory, uh, listing, all of those things you might not have time for because you're just like constantly shipping out the inventory that's selling that you already have. So you kind of have to have a a shift in your mindset of if I'm running my business on a yearly basis, instead of like week to week, which is not where you want to be, you might want to look and say, I need to make X amount each month in order to make things work. But let's say just for to make it simple, if you say I need to make $500 a month as a side hustle to make reselling worth it, okay? There might be times in the summer where you're bringing in 250, but then there might be times during Q4 where you're bringing in 1200, 1500. And so it'll average out to be what you're looking for. The thing is people often have the mindset of, I made a ton of money in Q4, I'm just gonna spend it and buy some new toys. And I I only needed 500, I made more, I'm just gonna buy the, the, I'm gonna pay myself extra this month. Instead of thinking this is to cover for the summer that was a little bit slower. And so once you have that mindset shift, then the summer doesn't become so much of a concern of how much money is coming in and inventory is going out. But how can I utilize this time to make sure that when things really pick up, when things start to ramp up, moving into Q4, that I'm prepared. Do I have the inventory I need? Do I have the organizational systems that I need? Do I have, have I got a lot of stuff listed? Do I have all of these things? Maybe this is the time to get your books in in order, right? To, To get caught up on your books, to make everything... So tax time is a little bit easier. So you've got to use your mindset of I'm a business operating on a yearly basis instead of a week by week. I'm just trying to survive. I think that's a great way to see it. So
1: I, I have actually thought about that, too, because, you know, things do at times slow down in the summer. Right. And so no, that's a myth. No, it is a myth. I, mean, I would say for me, they do slow down in the sense that there's a couple of weeks where it's like eh, it's not that great. But. You're always like, hey, later on in the summer, it'll catch up. And definitely Q4 ends up being that catch-up time. Now, what do you do on the practical level? Right? So for me, I like to spend the time to organize. Like right now, I'm doing a ton of organization. I, I have my helper. And so I've been trapping, dropping off totes. She's going through all the totes, making sure everything has a custom SKU label. <laughs> and I'm finding finding a lot of missing inventory in my listings. Have you had that happen? Uh, a couple of times. Not not too bad. I mean, it's it's pretty bad right now. I would say probably... I mean, I have close to 2,500 items in my store. I would say probably 50 to 100 items. Wow. Like that just weren't on eBay's. Like I, And I don't know what happened now. Were you sure they were listed? They they were listed. 100%. I remember making, creating the listings. And some people had said it's because there's no item specifics and that they dropped them. Others have said it's because the algorithm that after time things don't sell, things get dropped. I, I do agree with others that were saying that sometimes things sell and then you forget to relist them when the person doesn't pay, right? That happens a lot, I think. Whatever the reason is, spend the time to organize. Like if if you've you started reselling, all right, this past year. Okay? And sales were high and now you went from one tote to five toe to maybe 10 or 20 or you have a closet or you have a room full of stuff and it's not organized, use this time, right? Because When things heat up in Q4 is not the time you want to be organizing, I promise you. And it's not the time you want to lose items and be spending an hour or two trying to find that item because you're going to be missing on profit, especially if you're trying to do some retail arbitrage or you're trying to ship items out on time. It's also a time to check your shipping supplies. Think about what you use, right? Order now. Don't wait until Q4 because sometimes there's a slowdown from the post office and things do not arrive on time. I order a ton of supplies in the summer. So I'm ready for Q4. And so it's definitely a time to look at, hey, what what did I use more this last five months and other items? Is there some gaps I need to fill? Uh, Are there some do I need to buy more tape? Do I need to buy more boxes? Maybe I need to get a a larger light box. okay? or maybe I need to get a smaller light box or maybe I need to get, you know, I just purchased a couple well now three Z-Racks so I can have easier access to my jackets and coats. And so this is a time to make all those scenarios happen because you don't want to be dealing with that stuff in a few months. Now, the next thing I, w- I want to talk about is maybe it's time to branch out in your sourcing, right? The fact that at this time, maybe there is a low for you and maybe now's the time you can go to the thrift store and spend a little more time, research items you haven't looked up for. If you haven't sold on Amazon before, maybe now's the time there is prime day during uh, the summer. And so I think it's happening right now, isn't it?
0: Is like it right now, really soon, or maybe yeah, they're just I think announcing June,
1: the. I, I thought it was June 20th. I, I think mean, you're,
0: I think they're announcing the uh, the, the sales for it because I've seen like all of the Amazon ads of like lightning deal and see what's going to be on sale for Prime Day. Like it's it's coming soon,
1: yeah. I think it's, I think it's like the third week of June. I could be off, my internet is not responding right now, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's really soon. But here's the deal like, now's the time, hey, you know, because this is kind of like a primer, right? If you can figure out how to sell on Amazon is June 21st, June 21st. If you don't know how to sell on Amazon and you want to get in Q4, maybe now's the time. Maybe it's the time to, you know, go and do some research and find maybe some hot toys that are selling or, or it doesn't even have to be hot toys, right? It could be whatever housewares, or it could be whatever item is out there that is selling on Amazon and go, you know what? I want to test the waters. Now I want to learn how to do merchant fulfilled. So then when Q4 comes, You know, I'm not trying to figure and learn this out because there's a whole thing, like let's say on Amazon, one of the examples that I learned, you know, in the last few years was the best day to do Amazon Prime Merchant Fulfilled was on Thursdays because on Thursdays you can ship stuff out priority and you usually never have to do second day or next day because it just has to get there by Monday. And if you can ship it out, you know, by Friday morning priority, you're good to go. Right. So it's a time to learn other platforms and test them out and then go, you know what? I'm comfortable doing merchant fulfilled. Or maybe it's a time to finally send in an FBA shipment, right? You send it now. So then in Q4, you know exactly what you need to do. You're not fumbling around uh, trying to get stuff out there.
0: Yeah. Or or this could be the time where you focus on um, learning a new niche, right? So Orlando already kind of mentioned you go to a thrift store, maybe you're researching items you don't normally research. But if there's something you've always wanted to, to look more into, like I've got a lot of niches, I've been getting into tools. I've got a couple of videos on tools already. Um, but there's a lot of times where it's like, man, costume jewelry, I don't really know much about this or antique pottery or, or or glassware. I don't know much about this. So there's a lot of times where you go places and and that's okay. It's okay to know where you fit in and know the things that you buy. And to, to maybe that saves you time. But if things are slow and you're like, you know what, I'm I I walk into the store and I know shoes and I know vintage clothing and I'm just not finding it or I'm not finding the things I normally pick up. Spend that time to learn a new niche because within a year or two you might realize, hey, now I've got another thing that I can pick up and that expands the total amount of potential profit you can make every time you go to a garage sale or an estate sale or a thrift store or even buying pallets. Right, if you're like, man, I don't know anything about. You know power tools but here's a pallet of stuff and mm-hmm. you know i'm wasting i wouldn't buy it because i'm going to waste my time but once you've sold a few things you be like oh that's worth money that's worth money so it expands your ability and if you've never done things like pallets before now might be the time to say you know what uh, i normally spend you know 500 a month on inventory and i've only spent a 100 so you know i'm going to try and find a, a maybe not a whole pallet but a box of some some returns or something for a few hundred bucks and that's how i'm going to source this month and do something new, do something you haven't tried before. And you might say, this is definitely not for me. Or you might say, this is it. This is my new jam.
1: Yeah. And same thing goes with retail arbitrage. You've never done retail arbitrage. You know, you just want to test it. I think now is the time because again, you might go, Hey, I've, I've done really well doing it this way, but things are kind of slow. This might be something that you learn that you can like fill in those gaps in the summer or, you know, in the winter or whatever it is uh, to help you out. Now, this one, this one gets tough because this all depends on on your capital, how much you're able to spend, your storage space. But I do a lot of sourcing for Q4 in the summer. I start in the summer. I start I don't start in June. I usually start late July into August. But I, I one quick way to do this is go on Terapeak and see what sells well during Q4. Right. What what brand so well as far as like clothing or what what kind, kind of shoes sell well. Because some of that stuff may be at a lower price, right? You may be able to even do some retail arbitrage at the outlets because things are clearing out. now it's going to require you to buy and hold, right? So you got to be aware that I would strongly not recommend buying stuff on credit cards because that would mean you're carrying the interest charges and your, your credit score is going to go down. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know, I had a whole summer where I bought out Toys R Us in June and my credit score got down to, I think got down like the 600s. Uh, and, you know, it bounced back. But, you know, things just kept getting worse and worse uh, because I had dropped a lot of money. So be careful. But I would say definitely look at sourcing because you want to be ready. Right. You you don't want to end up saying, OK, Q4 is right, time for me to start sourcing. Now, there are some things you have to wait for. Right. The hot item, the, the toys that people are looking for. You know, generally, those are kind of hard to guess. Some people play that game. And I I think it's like a roulette wheel. Like if you buy up a bunch of toys and you're like, I think this is going to be the hot thing. I don't know. I don't know. Unless there's previous history to it. It's kind of hard to be able to do that. But I strongly recommend thinking about whether you're sourcing for retail arbitrage or whether you're sourcing for uh, secondary goods. It's definitely a great time uh, to be sourcing because not everybody's out there looking for stuff. So have you done any of that at all? Like bought ahead.
0: Um, no, I mean, it's too dangerous, especially with things like toys to try and buy that. I agree with toys. Now there are other things where there's tried and true, where I'm like, these things sell during Christmas time and I know they do. And I don't mind starting to pick them up now. Now it's really tough to pick up things that I know are kind of like gag gifts or things that people are going to buy for white elephants. I always bring that up because that's, that's something this last year didn't happen because there weren't as many parties. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm not gonna pick up the white elephant gifts in January, February, if I know they're just gonna sit all year. But as I start getting get closer, closer to Q4 and I'm like, you know what, these things sell, or things like Christmas sweaters and that kind of stuff, I'll start picking up that stuff now, or things that might be, be good for Halloween. Uh, like I picked up one of my uh, ride along garage sale videos and I picked up that uh, really creepy doll, <laughs> that creepy um, Pennywise. Pennywise, yeah. 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 Uh, that thing, had quite a few offers on that are pretty good offers but i know i can make more and i'm like you know what i'm okay holding this closer to october i'm kind of surprised because i know for a fact that it's going to sell full price in october right because it's going to be halloween and doesn't take up very much space so there are definitely certain things that i'm like i'm willing to start buying them now now if i was going to drop that kind of money i probably earlier on in the year wouldn't be dropping that kind of money on stuff that i'm hoping to sell on halloween or christmas you know so I think that I I do start to buy early and I think summer is about the right time for those seasons, right? We come into a lot of holidays, right? You're coming into a lot of different celebrations. Uh, so, and even things like, um, 4th of July, right? What are some things you can maybe be picking up or, or people are going to be having barbecues and stuff like that. So, um, I'll pick that stuff up a little bit early and and shift towards that. Uh, and Terapeak is a good use that you can use and then also just past experience, right? There's certain there's certain things that I buy at Target or Walmart that I sell on around Christmas time and they're usually not in stock all year round, but as I start to see them come into stock, it's like, all right, I'm picking these up now because I know they're gonna sell and they don't take up too much room.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, so we're about to get to our last section about maximizing, but we do have our hustle of the week that we need to talk about. But before we do that, hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and did I forget the other TikTok? No, TikTok. So we haven't been on TikTok much. I, I'll admit it's probably been like a month, and it's just because the move and everything. Uh, and so we, we need to get back into making TikToks here eventually, or I need to get back into it. Uh and TikTok's changing. Like, did I talk about this? Like, pretty much every TikTok gets somebody talking. Mm. So maybe they need to change the name. No pun intended. All right. Uh, Also, uh, you can find us on... uh, We're not on Clubhouse that much. I think Clubhouse is a great app. I think people still use it. But we're on there sometimes. Uh, But we're also Twitter. So Clubhouse and Twitter, we are pure, so cast. If you ever want to get a hold of us, though, I strongly encourage you. Uh, we are very active on Instagram out of all the platforms we're trying to keep up on all the platforms. Uh, but, and we're grateful for everyone that follows us on Facebook and, and the other platforms, but Instagram is our go-to for now until we can eventually, you know, get back to the other ones. Uh, also, uh, if you want to leave us a phone call, uh, 619 that's 619 We've had people on Instagram DM me and say, Hey, can we share bolos? And I'm like, Hey, if you want to call it in, we'll play it on air. So, yeah. So, hey, feel free to call us or if you have any questions, you can always email us to purestpodcasts at gmail.com, purestpodcasts at gmail.com. And as always, we're grateful for all the reviews. Uh, I think we're over 450 or pretty close to 450 reviews on iTunes. They greatly help us. If you haven't had a chance yet, please head on over. If this podcast has impacted you in a good way, uh, leave us a positive review. And even just a little note. I mean, all you can say is, you know, do it for the algorithm or whatever it is, just something. It would be great. And we're also uh, grateful uh, just for the fact that our YouTube keeps growing. And thank you to all of you that subscribe, hit that like button. And most importantly, I think it's that bell notification.
0: Yeah, so that's how you're going to know whether or not we're dropping new content. And we've been uh, pretty consistent every... Usually it's Friday or Saturday, we're dropping a video. Uh, Wednesday, our episodes drop and they're on YouTube also. So if you're listening to this on podcast and you want to see our domes, you can do that. And, and then, on Mondays. That's right. And on Mondays, we drop... Uh, a mix of things so sometimes it's like a, a short 15 minute like theme episode kind of like this but very short and focused uh sometimes it's something different a how-to video so definitely hit that that bell notification otherwise you're not going to know and i think uh, i haven't talked to orlando about this yet but i think we're gonna do another live here before too long Yes, uh, because finally def- can yeah yeah so i'm excited about doing another live uh so y- if you don't have that notification you're not going to know when we have that stuff uh planned so definitely hit that Notification. Oh, I'm so looking forward to live. I miss hanging out with all of you guys.
1: It, it it's been a minute. It's been like two months of a minute, maybe more. So looking forward to that. And by the game, by again, I know I already mentioned this, but one of the reasons is because of buyme pure hustle. Uh, we're you know, we got internet up and running, we got lights, we got everything going. So really appreciate every single one of you. All right, are we ready?
0: Yeah, we are ready. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. DJ Might in the house. <laughs> what? All right. All right. Bring it. Um, our first one comes from Jonathan Lynch, IG handle at the Golden Merchant. Uh, so usually does retail arbitrage, but he's des- a repeat guy. Nice. Usually does retail arbitrage, but decided to do thrifting. Welcome to the dark side. Uh, came across a huge lot of boxing gloves and groin guards. Now those are important. You you definitely, you you know, you probably want those. Um, paid seventy-five dollars for a set of five, um uh for for several sets, about five of them. Uh, and selling a set for four hundred and fifty dollars. So they're grant worldwide boxing gloves with Gorin Gardel. Guard guard. guard, That's called Orlando's type, right? Gotcha. (laughs) Um, and has turned seventy five dollars into sixteen hundred dollars in sales. Holy smokes
1: definitely a bolo. Like I looked them up online and I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, cause I've, I've, I've looked at boxing gloves before and I'm like, what? And sure enough. Yeah. If you, if you look at Grant, Grant, professional boxing gloves for good money. So a nice pickup there, Jonathan Lynch, uh, the golden merchant, uh, for that pickup. And by the way, here's the thing. He diversified too. Like he is known. I, I can't share what he sells, but he's been killing it selling a lot of retail arbitrage items. Then he went to the thrift and it supplemented his income even more. Yeah. So, all right. This next one is another repeat guy, John Ford Bennett, IG handle ad Ford Benz. And uh, went to the store that shall not be named. I think all of our uh, ones are uh, thrift stores here. Nice. So, I went to the store that shall not be named and came across a vintage single stitch t shirt on a rack for $10. And I, to this day, I haven't, no, I can't say I haven't found the expensive shirt, but I haven't found like a vintage single state shirt that for goes for a lot of money. I think I've sold some for 50 or a hundred, but this one was, he listed it. It was a. let me, let me take a look. Looking back to what I was, it was a vintage Nirvana Kurt Cobain death certificate t-shirt. It's kind of dark a little
0: bit there. Yeah, it's
1: pretty dark. Right. And this is easy to miss. So you should definitely look this up on eBay. Again, Nirvana Cobain, death certificate and death certificate t shirt. Remember, paid ten dollars and he sold it for two hundred seventy-five dollars free ship. Yeah, you're definitely gonna be doing a little bit more
0: thrifting, I'm sure, after a sale. Like I know,
1: that. I know. I I can I gotta tell you, I, maybe Mike and I just don't know what we're looking for. Maybe it's just not a thing in San Diego, but I can't think of a single time I picked up a T-shirt that was worth over hundred bucks in San Diego. Hey, yeah, but even that hundred bucks, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Two hundred seventy-five, it's not bad at all. That's great. Good job, John.
0: All right, our next one comes from JP, IG handle at Northwest Thrifter. Uh, was also at the store that shall not be named. Dun dun dun. And came across a pair of Nike Air Jordan shoes for fifteen dollars, listed on eBay, and sold a pair of Nike Air Jordan one-off white shoes. No, one Jordan one off white. Jordan one off.
1: No, it's off-white.
0: One-off-white. No, Jordan one-off-white. Jordan one-off-white. <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> for $1,200. So $15 to $1,200, that is a one-off for sure. The fact that you're able to pick up a <laughs> pair of shoes for $15 and sell them for 1200 I mean, you know, I, I was pretty happy when I, you know, pick up a pair of shoes for $4 and they sell for like $150. Of course, yeah. But but to be able to pick up a pair of shoes and sell them for 1200 that is definitely hustle the week level right there. Yeah, great job GP. And again,
1: those off-white shoes, like you just you never know. Like that's why I always say research. Like don't get so comfortable cuz if you're to look up these uh Nike Air Jordan 1 off-whites, like some of them you can tell that they're money and some of them you're like it's just a basic pair and you might not pick them up, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, all right, Northwest Drifter. That's a again, I I've I've picked up shoes that are money here though. I can't yeah. say I have done that in
0: San Diego. So all right. What is your hustle of the week? So um that video I was talking about where I picked up that scary doll. I think it was at the same same um swap meet. So I went to a swap meet and one that's of the that's awesome
1: to me is that you sourced at a swap meet yeah, profitable I, items. I,
0: I have yet to fail at the swap meet. Um, not that I always walk away with huge amounts of profit, but like I'll usually walk out and like I at least made a hundred bucks. Okay. Right, so I've never like walked in, um, and and completely lost. Right, like I usually make a little bit of money, uh, but one of the booths that I went to, um, is not my typical booth that I would go to. Like this is clearly somebody who like resells. Like their 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 booth that okay. you know what I mean. Like some booths are obvious that it's just like a like somebody clearing out their garage, and other mm-hmm. booths it's like they're here every single week. And in fact, the person that I bought it from, um, I bought two different things. Uh, one of them was a um, Raytheon Ray 100 submersible handheld radio. It's like a marine radio. Mm. And the other thing was a Radio Shack, um, like audio test meter thing. And I, it was either $10 or $15 for the both. I can't remember what it was. Uh, if you watch the video, you, you'd be able to tell me it's 10 or 15. But it was either $10 or $15 for the both of them. And I've sold both of them already. And during the conversation, the person was like, yeah, usually whenever we get any radio stuff, there's another guy who has a booth that's here every week and he walks by in the morning and anything radio we have, he just buys it. Huh. He goes, but well, he's not here this week. So, and so they sold wow. me this stuff and they both sold within a week of listing uh, for about 40 to $50 each. This one that I most recently sold was $42 plus 899 shipping. Uh didn't have the the charger to it, um, but it worked with batteries. I put batteries in. Oh, I should have checked with my wife if she took the batteries out. I might've given him some AA batteries too. Eight. So he might've got a deal on that. Uh, but either way, um, it's always nice when you can do something like that. And it just goes to show like there's some booths hundred percent. I won't stop because it's very clear. It's just like racks of like similar things and they're trying to charge high prices for, uh, but you, some of them they're, they're in between they that they'll be willing to negotiate with you if they're there every week. Um, I kind of consider it like my wife used to be in the, the marathon running world. And so we would do, she worked for a company that put on marathons. So we'd always do trade shows and every time we'd go to trade shows and do it, put up our booth we recognize every other person putting up booths, right? Like they were like carnies. They would just travel across <laughs> the state or across the country. And that's what I feel like a, a lot of people who do swap meets are they know each other and, and they're consistent. But some of these people, they're not just buying things and like have like high end prices. Some of them recognize that they wanna move inventory quickly and so they're willing to work with you. So I was able to negotiate, I was able to get the price down And these items turned out to be profitable. So it was a hustle of the week because it was already a pretty good day outsourcing. And then I picked up that crazy doll that I'm going to make well over 150 bucks on. Plus, I've made probably a good $80 after shipping and fees and everything on uh, a submersible marine radio and an old Radio Shack. That didn't i couldn't test it because i did the battery there was corrosion and i didn't have a nine volt so i just listed it untested so don't be afraid to go to swap meets and check booths that seem to be like resellers because some of them are willing to make deals because they just want to move inventory
1: now do you think let's say when you first started reselling you would have been able to go to the swap meet and be just as profitable
0: oh definitely not i mean part of it is now i know certain things to look for even like tools so i know you don't do tools that's one thing that i'm doing more that you don't do but most of the time, there's some booths where it's just like all they have is tools, and they know what they have. Okay. And other booths is like just random things, and there's just yeah, like a an little estate clean out or something. yeah, and there's yeah. like a, a, some random tools in a box or something. I can now look through a box really quickly, um, and I'm sure I'm leaving money on the table still. But be like, ooh, here's a a craftsman uh, wrench that's you know a good size, and it's gonna sell for fifteen bucks. And you know, how much for this? You no know, fifty cents done. Right. So, um, I've definitely learned a lot throughout the time. And then part of it too, is my negotiation skills have gotten better. And, um, I'm not afraid of people telling me, no, like I'll look at something. And if they don't give me a good price, I'll move on. Whereas before I'd be like, so stuck on, I want to make this Mm -hmm. deal work, you know? So I've definitely grown a lot in that sense, but, uh, the swap mean, if you don't do those or, or maybe flea market is what they're called in your area. Uh, but they're definitely worth checking out because, um, one, it's a cool community. Like I said, like, I, I hope I didn't offend anybody by saying carnies, but there's people that they, they travel. A lot of times they'll do multiple, like on one day, they're at one swap meet and the next day they're at another swap meet okay. and they set up their booths and um, they know each other very well. And once you've gone several times, they start to get to know you. I mean, there's some people that I, I buy from almost every time I go, they've got different stuff. What do you have this week? And they know the things I look for and like, oh, oh, I've got, okay. you know, I found another so board networking. game. Yeah. So, um, it definitely helps. And, uh, yeah,
1: hustle the week. All right. So and the only reason I asked that is because I used to go to swap meets like five, six years ago, maybe seven, and I just couldn't find anything. Right. But I do wonder if now, based on the knowledge that I have, if I'd be a lot more. Successful. Oh, yeah, you should go. So I think I'll go. All right. So, you know, I always get shade for like holding on to items for a long time. OK, so three years ago, we're going to start three years ago, probably around the same time the podcast started. So. We're starting the fourth year. So that would be three years ago, right? Okay. I came across a garage sale and at this garage sale, they had a ton of vintage McGregor. So M-A-C-G-R-E-G-R-O-R. McGregor. I just had to spell that out. Look it up. You'll find it. it, Okay. Uh, Backpacks. And it was wild because I knew that they looked vintage and... I knew that I could probably sell them for like, you know, 30 or 40 apiece. So I asked them and there was about 10 of them. And I said, how much would you do for all these backpacks? He's like, you know what? We're just trying to get rid of them. How about $2? And I was like, $2? Sold. Like I didn't haggle. I didn't say anything. And I grabbed these backpacks. I thought these were going to be like instant sellers, right? So here's a problem. Two things. One is I picked them up. And I'm not a fan. so at that point in time, I didn't have a lot of space. So I didn't have, I didn't even have a light box at that time. And again, we all start somewhere, right? So at that time I had, I was buying the two foam boards from the dollar store with the white vinyl table cover. And that was like my setup for lights. And it was always a pain to get that set up. And and the backpacks were huge, uh, hiking backpacks. So then I would have to like double up on the foam board. Like it was just a lot of work. So I let those sit for like six months. I didn't even list them, right? And on top of that, they had this kind of weird, does does hiking material get a weird smell? Do you know what I'm talking about, that weird smell?
0: Yeah, it's called sweat. Is that what it is? Could be. I, I don't know. So just I just sitting in totes.
1: Yeah, I just let it sit out for like a long time. And a lot of the smell went away too. So eventually I got around to listing them <laughs> during this past year, you know, the, the event that stopped everything for us i'm trying to be careful with the algorithm here right and so i finally listed them now imagine i had these items by the time i listed them for two uh two years two years so i finally listed them at, at first i thought you said six months
0: you had them like six months before you listed them
1: oh did i okay no sorry okay let me i'm not <laughs> i thought i was gonna list them at that the six months and then i remember like i was like ah never mind and then i shoved them in my i called it at that time. The C word closet, C word meaning what we dealt with this last year. Mm. And I kept it there and I didn't look at it. And that's bad. Don't ever hide your death piles because it gets even worse. Then you never look at it. Then it really becomes a death pile. Like you never will attend to it. So when things went down, I listed them and they sat around, right? It's been, it's been a year since things really got crazy, but then out of nowhere, I got. I had somebody, they offered me $130 for one of the backpacks. Now remember, I bought 10 for $2, okay? Now, I think on, on Insta, I put that I paid, I think I put $0.25 cents or $0.50, cents, right? If you average out, that's what it was. So was it worth me holding on to those backpacks for all the time? 100% yes. Because even if I paid $0.10 cents per backpack, right? Let's do the math, right? Three years till it sold, that's $3.60. And fees that I paid. Okay. Totally worth it. So I sold one. The guy had a problem with it and he's like, Hey, can I get this other one? Can I switch it out? And so always be careful when people ask you to switch out, have them cancel and then repurchase the other item. So they did that. So I sold one backpack for $130. And then the algorithm is tricky because I find when you start selling items that are similar, more items are going to sell around that same kind of group or that same brand name. So the day after, I sold another one of those backpacks for a hundred dollars plus shipping. So I spent $2 for 10 backpacks at a garage sale, paid $3 and 60 cents in listing fees. Okay. So let's make my total cost $5 and 60 cents. And in total, I net, I made a net profit of over 200 something dollars and I still have eight backpacks left. And I'm pretty sure I'm gonna throw it out there. We're gonna talk about an update episode. Three more of those are gonna sell by the next update episode. Just saying, I think the algorithm does weird stuff like that. So keep an eye out, McGregor hiking backpacks. They are quality backpacks. I just don't know why people weren't buying them, but now people are buying them. So that is my hustle nice. of the week. All right, let's get to our final portion. Before we do that, though, we've been. This is two days of me not shaving my head with the school shaver. All right. Yeah. Right? It still
0: looks clean. Right. I think, I don't know. Why are you waiting two days, man? Don't be so lazy. I'm moving. Like, things are
1: busy. The school
0: shaver is so easy. Like if you, if you haven't picked up a school shaver yet and you need one and you know, if you need one, maybe you haven't admitted it out loud yet. Maybe you haven't said the words, maybe they haven't come out of your mouth. Uh, but, but you know, I think there's some people holding on and, and, and it's just time to go and it's time to bring it down. And if you are already doing and shaving your head and you're using a razor Uh, the chances of nicking yourself and hurting yourself and the time it takes is just so much higher. And the chance of missing, whereas the skull shaver promo code peer, you're going to get a good discount. You're going to let them know we sent you and you're not going to spend nearly as much time. And, uh, and you do not need to go two days because it takes five minutes to shave your head. Um, not even five minutes, 90 seconds. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, And you're good to go. It feels great. No nicks and it's baby smooth. I'm just going to say baby smooth. You baby know what I'm talking about? Smooth. So make sure to pick it up if you need it. And again, you might, and just say it, just say the words out loud. It'll make you feel better. It's time to cut the hair, bring it down. It's all right. All right. We're all, we've all been there. Okay. So go to school. All can com be beautiful. Like look at
1: our code is pure P U R E. All right. Let's let's, let's wrap this up here and let's talk about how to maximize. like, You don't want things to slow down. You don't want to lose profit. You got bills to pay or you had a vacation you wanted to take care of or whatever reason you wanted to make money this summer. And the stuff I'm going to talk about is the same thing that applies any time of the year when things are slow. So let's start with the first one. If you don't have an eBay store and you have more than 50 items, I strongly recommend you have an eBay store. And this is why. Run sales, run sales, run sales, run sales, even if it's just 15%. Right, if you want to up it more, you can up it to twenty percent or even thirty percent. It's all up to you about how much you're willing to give up. Now, remember, if you thrifted or you you bought these items at a garage sale for like one or two dollars, I mean, what's it gonna hurt, right? If you sell something for fifty dollars, like yeah, you might not sell it for the sixty or the seventy you're hoping for, but that's fifty dollars in your pocket that you wouldn't have if you'd have run that sale, right? So I strongly encourage you to run a sale, and then taking low offers. Now do you, are you taking more lower offers now? Should we even admit that on this podcast?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not super low. Like I still, I have, I have some respect. I have some (laughs) self-respect and, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give my inventory away. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm also, I'm not as stingy because I think part of it is as you get more inventory, you're not as concerned Mm -hmm. because you know, things are going to sell and you're going to make a lot of money. Um, when you've only got 10 items listed, man, it hurts when you, when you take an offer and, uh, and it's like man you know but when you've got hundred no, i, agree, hundreds of I items, agree i agree yeah, it's, it's not as big of a deal and you're selling more things and uh, again like you said sometimes it just comes down to it's better just to move items and there's the argument definitely to be made if you can't source like if, if you're at a place where you you're not able to source enough inventory it's really hard for you to find good inventory you might need to, to hold on you might need to, to wait so you get full price but if you're able to source, if you're able to constantly pick up more inventory, um, you might as well take the deal and just get more capital and get that money moving in other places. Uh, and and in the long run, you'll be better off. Now, of course, it, it doesn't scale 100% perfectly. You can't just say, well, now I'm going to buy, I, I turned $100 into 1000 So I'm going to go buy $1,000 worth of inventory and turn 1000 into 10000 this month. I'm going to buy $10,000. Eventually, you're going to have a lot of diminishing return where you're just not able to source as much as you're able to sell. Sell. And that's a good problem to have. And that might mean it's time to look at some other ways of sourcing. So. Agreed. Now I will say, I you're right. Like I've learned to take lower
1: offers and I don't know if it's listeners, I don't know, but sometimes I'll get some crazy offers. And again, I'm a, I will not entertain items that are less than 50% of the offering price. Mm. Like unless it's really, really slow. Uh, I'll take it. And the reason being, I do believe that it triggers the algorithm. The other day, I, I, I shouldn't admit to this. There's a pair of shoes. I think I had it listed for like 90 to 100. And I took an offer of 35. And I was like, oh, that hurts. But then I sold a pair of shoes for 212. Then I sold another pair of shoes for 60. Then I sold another pair of cowboy boots for 40. So would those sales have happened? I don't know. But I do believe that accepting that first initial sale triggered the other sales. Just throwing it out there. Don't know. Let us know in the comments. Is Orlando superstitious or is that facts? Just let me know. Now, the other thing we share this a lot. It's to me, it's eBay like seeing you be active. So, a couple ways to do this, right? And we'll talk about the, the ultimate way. One is send offers, send offers. Uh, I just saw an Instagram post by ThriftZilla where he. It always sends offers when they pop up. And I, I always, I used to be about sending offers early in the morning or late at night. Now I send them whenever they show up. And this is why, because we've talked about how eBay has it, that you can send an offer to someone if they are heavily browsing your item within 15 minutes. And so, you know, 3 of July, I post on Instagram, how somebody would just look, it said, and their messages, Hey, I was just looking at this item. And then I saw that you sent an offer. Would you be willing to take this amount of money? Right? So that person May have just been looking and would have just closed their phone and gone about their business. But the fact that at that point in time they were sent an offer ended up converting to a sale. So be active in sending your offers. I whenever they come up, I send them all day long. Now I am a full-time guy, so obviously I need those sales to happen, but I strongly recommend if if something comes up, just send it. Have a template ready. Have a template so you don't have to spend too much time writing and you're ready to go. And the other one is listening. Now, do you believe listing? This is the ultimate one. Do you believe listing is the way to make more sales?
0: Um, it is in a lot of ways. And okay. and whether or not it impacts the algorithm, um, I think it doesn't matter. I think, I think maybe it does. And if mm. it does, you're gonna get the benefit of that. But even if it doesn't, if you've got and I think I mentioned this on the previous podcast or a previous podcast, and I gave an example of if you've got if you're selling a hundred items every month or 50 items every month whatever number it is and you're able to list at least that many items chances of getting your sales are higher now if you're not listing that much eventually those sales are going to drop because the total number of inventory items you have available is going to be lower and it's like we've mentioned if you walk into a store and all the store has is two percent milk every single aisle every single shelf is just two percent milk at if least it's not skim milk yeah, yeah which, it was just water lying about being milk. Um, Thank you, Ron Swanson. Yeah. I just saw that episode. Did you? Yeah. Um, it's, you. unless that's what you're looking for, you're not going to buy anything. If you walk into a store and they've got a variety of things, you're not going to buy everything in the store, but you're going to buy a few things, right? Because it's the things you're looking for. And it's the same thing. if you If you're listing enough items, the chances of a buyer out there looking for one of those items is higher than if you don't list it because they can't find it. So even if their algorithm doesn't play a role, which it it, it most likely does because eBay wants to suck sellers in and get you so deep <laughs> into eBay you can never leave. Um, and, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, but even even if the algorithm, even if they return whatever algorithm system in that sense that they have off, um, just listing is going to increase the probability of finding buyers mm. no matter what. So you're definitely going to be better off listing that's 100% going to help you regardless of whether or not there's an algorithm that says, Hey, Mike hasn't listed in three days. Uh, let's punish him or "Ooh, Mike listed a whole bunch the last couple of days. Let's help get him some sales. So he sticks around. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I do think it, there's a direct correlation. I, I I do believe that, you know, I, I, I see your point with the inventory because I can tell you like during my move, I didn't list for weeks and I still was selling. But that's because I had a large enough inventory, like you said, and I had quality items, right? I my sourcing has improved, and so I kind of know what will sell regardless of the time of year. Uh, that I actually have a lot of repeat buyers that whenever I post something, they're willing to make a deal. So there's that component. There's also the other component of, you know, if you're listing, if you're listing, you are maybe maybe in the summer, right? You're you're still not going to get those sales, like you said. Maybe it, regardless of what you do, but hey, guess what? In Q4. Think about how many items you're going to have ready to go, right? So you had mentioned earlier in the podcast that maybe Q4 makes up for the money that you lose during the summer. You got to look at it that way. Like I remember there was two summers where I thought there was going to be a summer slowdown and I listed like there was no tomorrow. We're talking about, you know, uh, several hundred a week and it, paid, it came through. Like I never experienced a summer slowdown and then during in Q4 I had a bunch more items in my inventory to sell. So list 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 to me that's the number one thing you can do now you have to list items that sell too so let's add that little asterisk to it because if you list a bunch of junk it doesn't matter how much you list that's right okay now this last one's gonna be unpopular or maybe there's there's more of an roi in spending time with friends and family than in making money and i and i don't know if everybody agrees with me but hey if things are slowing down and things are slow Take that time with your family. Yeah,
0: And even if you don't have family, because I mean, I'm, obviously I'm a family man. Uh, but if if you're not, let's just say you're on your own, but you got hobbies and you spend all your time working. There are some people that that literally is the life giving thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like That mm-hmm. is their hobby. That's what gives them enjoyment. So that's you. Then that's how you're going to enjoy any kind of you'd enjoy that more than a break. But most people, you need to recharge a little bit. And so even if you're like, you know what, I just. I want to spend a couple of days just playing video games, laying out on the beach by myself, whatever it is, even if you're on your own and you don't have family, sometimes that recharge can bring you back like 10 times the, the level you were before, right? Um, it's like working out. I think the, the, it, the, the idea of overtraining a lot of times is more of a myth than people realize. Uh, it takes a lot to technically overtrain. Um, but even there, like there's, there's a place for taking time off taking a couple of days off, deloading, right? Like if you're working out with heavy weights, you go a week or two where you lower the weights and you kind of give your body a break and your mind needs that break. And so having some time where you say, you know what, if sales are going to be slow, maybe I'm going to work just as hard as normal, or maybe take it down a couple of notches and I'm not going to kill myself to make the same amount. No. And then I'll just p- make it up in the, in Q4. And I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to rest now because I know I'm not going to get this rest in Q4. And so take a take a sabbath, take some time to relax, spend some time with family, spend some time with friends and enjoy your hard-earned money because the goal is not who can have uh, the biggest bank account when you die because if you didn't enjoy some of that money, if you didn't enjoy some of the freedom that that money offers, what's the point? Agreed, agreed.
1: And again, you can get easily burned out right you can be working 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 you're not seeing sales come through and then you're like oh, i can't take this anymore and sometimes just taking that break and spending that time off allows you to feel refreshed and go in uh you know late july august and prep for q4 so i'm a big advocate of you know realizing your profits earlier than later again when you're starting off I think most, of, I would say, ninety percent of or ninety nine percent of the money you make from reselling should go back into reselling. But we've also read *The Richest Man in Babylon*, right, where you, you got to pay yourself first. But you also th- there is the ability that if you have a little bit extra, right, why why not spend that time since things are slow anyways? And because again, there's you can always make more money, but you can all you can always make up that time with family and with friends. So hopefully this episode allowed you to maximize your profits in the summer uh, all the way from, hey, what to expect, what to do on the low and just how to maximize things to ensure that things don't slow down. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Late. Peace.